Attention listeners, thank you for choosing the In-Flight Movie Podcast. The captain has turned on the broadcast sign, so please take your seat, relax, open your favorite bottle of whiskey, and enjoy. As Jeremy... When we were kids, um, we actually had to go to a place and pick out a movie, and it was on a thing called a cassette. And Brandon... Movies have always been kind of like an escape for me, away from society and from school and from work. Discuss whiskey and movies. The show will begin in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to In Flight Movie Podcast. Yeah. My name is Jeremy Remiger. I am with my friend, podcasting partner, Brandon Lewis. Brandon, this is an exciting, exciting I'm day I'm very for us. excited. Very excited. We are movie fans. We are whiskey fans. We are friends. We're colleagues, and we want to do this. So yeah, so let's, let's just uh, explain to our listener. Um, <laughs> Hopefully more than one. Our listeners, let's just listeners. be honest. Our wives will be the only ones listening to this first episode. Right. The, uh, the way we're going to do this podcast and why we call it In-Flight Movie Podcast is as movie fans and as whiskey fans, we um, would like to share our love of both. Um, and what better way than to watch a movie and discuss uh, different whiskeys that we'll be drinking? And we know if you uh, if you do not know, um, a a sample of whiskeys um, is called a flight of whiskeys. Or yeah. um, maybe if you're a brewery and you want like a, a sampler of, of beer, it would be called a flight. Just a little itty bitty pour of different types of of whiskeys. Um, so we thought the play on words in flight movie podcast would be a great. A great title for the podcast and so and that's also what just, we're doing today yeah also just a little little taste a little taste of this movie if you've never seen it maybe you'll want to go see it afterwards i'm hoping you've seen this movie today i mean it is we both agree one of the best movies. yes it's so the movie today is uh, a little bit different than what we normally doing the main point of the podcast is that brandon and i like extremely different types of movies yeah. um outside of uh, today we're going to do Rogue One, Star Wars, but mostly our our taste in movies is completely different. And so there are movies that I love that Brandon has never seen, and likewise movies that he loves that I have never seen. But today to get started and to sort of get our feet wet in this podcasting uh, world, we have chosen a movie that we both love, and that is Rogue One, um, the Star Wars sort of bridge movie between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yeah, um, this. And kind of our premise for today is kind of just get the things started. And then also we're aware that not everyone loves this movie, but we kind of want to convince, I don't know. I'd like to convince people that, that this should be considered the greatest star Wars movie. I think this is better than empire. And I know that's sacrilege for a lot of people, um, especially if you're a star Wars fan, but, but I, I, firm, I watched this again this week. I think it's the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. And I'd, yeah, like, and you, I'd like you to agree with me. I do agree. And in rewatching it, there are some things that stuck out to me immediately about the Star Wars-iness of the movie. Right. But then also some things, some things that um, are new to the Star Wars uh, genre when this movie came out. And now we, I mean, we are flooded with Star Wars content everywhere. But oh, yeah. Rogue One sort of opened the door for all of these um, side side episodes like yeah. the mandalorian the book of boba fett and now kenobi which came out the other day um so this movie is great in that way but before we start and talk about the movie and talk about our whiskey we just talk about ourselves for a little bit for uh anybody who's listening to this who do not know who we are uh, brandon why don't you start us off just give us a little uh a little background about uh, who you <laughs> are and and what you do uh, well, I'm a I'm a teacher in St. Louis. Um, I have always enjoyed going to the movies. It is like as a kid growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s, like it was the thing you did um, when you were wanting to hang out with your friends and didn't want your parents to be around. You uh, you went to the movies. Um, you got as much popcorn and candy as you could. You tried to sneak into R-rated movies if you were underage and. <laughs> For the most part, weirdly enough, they just let you do it. Um, but movies have always been kind of like an escape for me away from society and from school and from work. And so, I mean, 
even into my 20s and now into my 30s i mean i'm going i'm seeing new movies almost every week i if it's in the theater great if it's not um fine i've got six different streaming streaming uh, uh apps that can give me new movies so i just love movies what about you what do you, uh, what, what is it what is what is the movie feel look like for you so uh just a little bit of a background likewise i also work in a in a high school i'm a campus minister at a catholic high school here in st louis um movies for me have always been an event um full disclosure i'm older than brandon by about i don't know five or five or six five years, years i think yeah. mm-hmm. so um movies for me were um planned and you plan to go see a movie yeah. uh, way ahead of time and uh, just discussing star wars today with rogue one i remember uh, camping out or not camping out but waiting <laughs> in a very long line um for phantom menace when it came oh, out yeah. um right before that disappointment hit and then um <laughs> continuing to do the same thing uh for a- attack of the clones and revenge of the sith um but movies for me were a family thing we would rent movies every friday night when we were kids um where we actually had to go to a place and pick out a movie and it was on a thing called a cassette for our our listeners who oh, uh have no idea what we're talking about it was a vhs yeah. tape it was a tape um, that we put in a vcr and we, we would watch as a family uh, we certainly had our family favorites but movies have sort of always been an important part of my life uh, and a big part of my life and while you are really good at watching new movies and oh, yeah. i i i have uh old fallbacks that um i will watch again and again and again um not afraid to watch a new movie obviously but but yeah i have i have a you know a 20 movie list that i mm-hmm. could watch whenever i wanted to um that i just enjoy so going off that a little bit give me give me the one movie that comes to mind like you remember waiting in line for hours and hours at the theater i have one in my head that i remember waiting for but what was the one that you remember just waiting in line for so other than the phantom menace which uh, everyone waited in line for that every way in line for and it was you know we had had growing up we had had the re-release of the star wars movies and then george lucas's little i don't know what you want to call it with with the the digital (laughs) editions and movies of like elephants walking across the screen his digital midlife crisis yeah i think the um the one that i was most excited for uh waiting man we don't even have to wait in line for movies anymore that's no. what's crazy mm-hmm. i think it has to be revenge of the sith i mean Re- revenge of the sith was yeah it came out the day before my son was born um oh geez we uh we waited in line for hours um my, full disclosure my son was induced so we knew that um he was coming there was no emergency i wasn't skirting any okay. <laughs> fatherly duties or husband husband duties and going to see the movie um, but I remember waiting in that, even already having my ticket, but wanting to get a good seat. That's the last time I had like genuine excitement waiting in a line for a movie. What about you? I remember, um, oh man, so long ago, uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, <laughs> um, waiting in line for that movie. So I would have been 14 at that point. Um, uh, yeah, I, I remember being in line with my family for that. Uh, my uncle was a big moviegoer as well, so he'd be the one that would save our seats throughout the school day, and then we would uh, head over there and help him out once we got out of school. But uh, I remember, I remember going to Return of the King and just being blown away. Um, and again, like you're waiting in line, and then you're rushing to your seat as quickly as possible because you wanted the best seats, and then it's just chaos for the first ten or fifteen minutes as people like try to get the best possible seats <laughs> next to you and then the lights dim and you're just like everyone's excited because it's starting um and no one's talking no one's got their phones out it's just you're you're right it's an event it's an event yeah it was uh it's not the same i, I think the last movie i saw in theaters was ghostbusters afterlife which i'm sure we'll talk about at some point yeah. during the run of this podcast and it just for some reason it doesn't have the same feeling i don't know if it was if it's covid or what but um it doesn't feel like it did when i was a, sure. when i was a kid and even when event revenge of the sith came out i was 20 
four. So like, yeah, most people at that age are an adult. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not quite certain I was yeah. there, but um, yeah, that's the last time I just remember being excited for a movie. Okay. That's a lot. So what's, um, yeah. What's, uh, before we get into Rogue One, uh, just what's your top five list of movies? I had to go back. I use IMDb to kind of track this stuff. Um, So here's my top five Uh, in order. um, Gladiator 2000, Russell Crowe. I rank Russell Crowe as as my favorite actor of all time. Um, I don't know how popular of of an opinion of that is. Um, I don't really care. He's really good Uh, in everything. (laughs) Master and Commander, Robin Hood. I mean, I I have yet to see a bad movie with him. uh, I have down Spider-Man Homecoming. I really like that. I think it was a great new version of Spider-Man. Um, I thought the villain in Spider-Man Homecoming was great. Um, the third I've got is Baby Driver uh, from 2017, um, which is going to be on this podcast. I'm excited to say. Uh, it's our number, next movie. I yeah, yeah. Uh, number four is Rogue One um, with a score of 9 out of 10 for me. And then... I got to say Lord of the Rings Return of the King. So you can kind of see, I mean, I am, well, first of all, I'm a history teacher. So the gladiator makes sense a little bit there, but I'm really into action, sci-fi, fantasy, big storylines, epic, epic scores. Um, when, it, when we get into music and stuff like that, um, I, I, I like that. I like the escapism of those kinds of things. Now I know you have a little bit of a different Yes. Yes. List here. Uh, the yes. Nightmare. So, uh, my top five. I'm gonna count how many different. I don't know of these. And it's, um, I think you'll know all but I would say all but one. Okay. Um, my number one movie of all time, a movie that I will always watch, a movie that I will never turn off, a movie that I will make time to watch is Ghostbusters, um, the original 1985 okay. uh, comedy. Bill Murray is. Um, Maybe in a different sense than Russell Crowe, but Bill Murray, or 1984, I apologize. In a different sense, Bill Murray is a, is a hero of mine yeah. um, in, in film. So uh, I, I love Ghostbusters. They typically play two, different characters. Yeah. yeah. Russell Crowe and Bill Murray. Yeah, they're never right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, completely different idea. Uh, number two is a movie that... Uh, I think it's controversial. I don't. I think probably just because it's Mel Gibson, um, but Braveheart is my second oh, yeah. favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Um, which is funny because in our in our we'll discuss these later, but in our uh, <laughs> reasons for why a movie is good, uh, I have historical accuracy as one of them. And Braveheart, <laughs> it's not, um, not. <laughs> out of ten stars, Braveheart would score like a negative yeah. 27 <laughs> on historical accuracy, but it's still good. Um, and the storyline's great. Uh, number three, um, my favorite movie writer of all time. And uh, a lot of people know him. He's also uh, hate him or love him type of guy. Is a few good men, which is written yep. by um, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, I don't think I've seen that all the way. Th- I don't think I've seen all the way through. Such a good movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that one. Uh, number four. Uh, another Aaron Sorkin movie is Moneyball. I love Moneyball. Yeah. Um, Moneyball's good. Sports movies will be a big thing for me, <laughs> yeah. and, and not for you. Which is uh, I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning how to do sports through the Moneyball. Moneyball straddles the line, so it straddles the yeah, line between sure. sports and, and a good movie. And then uh, my fifth favorite movie of all time is Michael Collins, which is a movie um, based on the life of the Irish rebel uh, from the 20s um, who. Tried hardest to uh, to uh, get Ireland independence, and uh, it's a great movie. It's very, very, very underwatched. But Liam Neeson plays Michael Collins, oh. so um, it's a really, really good movie. And that okay. will probably be one of our yeah, I've never uh, seen one, my my first movie in the podcast that we that I pick. So. Okay, yeah. So yeah. what like what what type of movies generally would you would you go for? So I, I, so as much as I love Star Wars, yeah, um, fantasy movies are not my thing. So, yeah. um, like I've seen each Lord of the Rings movies only once. Um, I know, I know. 
shocking. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've so it is historical fiction, okay, or historical nonfiction, or a or you know a braveheart <laughs> historical anti anti English yeah. anti English right. movies apparently. Um, yeah, that I don't want to enter. You know, yes, but. <laughs> nothing against english people now um yeah so i like movies with with that that, that yeah okay sort of could have happened in real life yeah yeah it's the worst movie you've ever seen i so there was a movie that came out just a few years ago i think it was 2013 typically i'm into world war ii movies that kind of stuff um but there was a there was a there was a movie based on a video game called company of heroes. And it is by far um, the worst, the worst movie I've ever seen uh, in life. Like in my life. Um, I gave it like a, if I could give it a half star, I'd give it a half star, but I, I ended up giving it a one. Um, yeah. It was just so bad. The, the CGI was terrible. The acting was terrible. It was so, they tried to, they tried too much to like, play to the to the video game crowd and not enough to like the historical world war ii crowd it was just so bad um it was just it was just terrible it was in every way it was terrible and you um, saw that and you see that in theaters and no i watched it recently oh, okay. no i unfortunately um it came out in 2013 um rated r uh it's just so bad it's so bad it's it's like this this group of american soldiers has to stop like a a fake weapon of mass destruction that apparently the nazis invented in in world war ii um it's just bad it's so bad um okay yeah yeah interesting yeah what about you uh it's never going to be topped as the as there's no there's not a worse movie ever um is that uh, it's uh, the day after tomorrow? Don't know if you've ever oh, seen it. Okay, yeah, um, I've seen it. I, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I'm a weather nerd. Um, Twister might make it, the podcast run here, but I hate that, I hate that the, movie so much. Day after tomorrow <laughs> is uh, terrible, and I just okay. I don't recommend it. I recommend it if you just want to see bad storytelling and filmmaking at its finest really but it was it was terrible, terrible. okay okay yeah. yeah now that we've got uh all that out of the way with our yeah. movies and stuff let's talk about uh the first aspect of this podcast which is whiskey tasting whiskey love the whiskey into, when did you get into whiskey oh um uh right after college i decided that I like whiskey. Um, I know that's wow. simple. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think you know you you drink certain things. You're like, okay, this is this is what drinking is like, and then you finally find the thing that you really enjoy. And that for me, that was like bourbon. Actually, like I really like good smooth bourbon. Um, so now I I try a lot of different kinds. Uh, my wife and I just got back from the bourbon trail a couple of weeks ago bought six bottles of bourbon while we we're down there um there you I just, go. I, well yeah oh yeah it's uh it's good we had some last night it was it's the same one that we're gonna drink today um that i had last night so it's it's good what about you what, what's uh, what's why the, nice. why the whiskey uh so whiskey for me has been a longer road um i you know i wasn't a big drinker in in high school um so like everything that I did was, I felt like it was later in life than most people that I know. Um, so like, I didn't get out of the Bud Light habit yeah, until mid twenties. Um, and then I it really started with Irish whiskey. It just grew on me. And uh, I'm a huge Irish whiskey fan. I, I love bourbon too, but if somebody was going to, you know, sit me down and say, what kind of whiskey are you it's having? Yeah. You have to make a choice. It would be, it would be an Irish variety, but um, it's definitely an acquired taste. Um, yeah, I'm not big on it. So what do we? So why don't you? Why don't you? Uh, well, I'll get you there. Why? Uh, <laughs> okay. Would you tell people what we're drinking today? So today we're drinking what's called it's it's a local St. Louis brand. It's called Still Three Hundred and Sixty. They're only five years old, 
which means they don't really have a great bourbon yet. They're actually releasing their first bourbon later this year. But we have uh, still uh, 630, the Missouri Straight uh, bourbon whiskey. So this is like their youngest bourbon they're ever going to have. It is very small operation. Um, they might put out, you know, uh, like 20 or 30 barrels a, a year. Um, but we went there for um, for an event a few months ago, bought a couple of bottles and it is uh, fantastic. So I'm going to, I'm just going to take a drink. Ooh. And that is pretty much like it is, it is smooth. Traditionally I like mine on, on the rocks, but this I can drink straight. Um, it is good, especially for like a brand that is like a no name for people that normally drink yeah. um, bourbons, but, um, but this is a great one from St. Louis. I uh, had their uh, whiskey that they, I guess they started kind of around the year, the blues won the cup and yeah. I had a, mm -hmm. uh, a bottle of their Gloria uh, bourbon whiskey, which is, uh, it's gone, but it was good. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they make good stuff. So we'll be, we'll be sampling whiskeys um, on every show uh that we do here but the real crux of the show is movies so brandon we're doing rogue one why don't we rogue, just rogue. uh we'll do the uh let's play the trailer okay the world is coming undone imperial flags rain across the galaxy Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, I want to help. Good. Good. I've been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time. We destroyed our home. I fight the Empire now. I fear nothing. All is as the Force wills it. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. There isn't much time. Every day they grow stronger. There's a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. This is our chance to make a real difference. Are you with me? So Rogue One, yeah, uh, we both agree that this is this this is the uh, it just gives me chills every time I, every every time I watch it. Just of Star Wars movies, yeah. Um, I guess what's your first take? What was like? We both rewatched and we both took notes. What's your first takeaway from this movie? That it's just I really like, and and all the notes that I wrote down, there's just a couple that like really stay out to me. First of all, this is a Star Wars movie. You can, I mean, it's within the universe. The technology is all the same. Everything's the same, except it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. It feels like an action adventure movie. Um, more like a war, like honestly, more like a war movie, more than like an adventure movie. Like I think all the other Star Wars movies are adventure movies um, with like a hero going through a, you know, a, a set of a, a path. But this is so much more about like a conflict. Um, and so from the very beginning on, this movie just does things differently. And when we get to some of the favorite scenes, I'll, I'll tell you more about that. But from the very beginning, it it shocks you a little bit about being different, but also the same as every other Star Wars movie. Yeah, I remember seeing it in theaters, but then I've, you know, I've watched it several times since it's been released on um, 
home video and even watching it for this podcast i, I remember the, the blue a long time ago in a galaxy far far away yeah and you're expecting that that chronic crawl and you're expecting at least a touch of backstory into what's going on and nothing we have none of that nothing just a a sharp a sharp kind of sound uh and then um a, a spaceship flying and that's it but if you notice from that very early scene even like the background imagery looks like the star destroyer coming across the scene yep like the asteroids, you know, that they're kind of going through and all that stuff. It looks like, oh, this could be just like A New Hope. It could be just like, you know, three or four of the other movies that start with, you know, a Star Destroyer. Um, but instead, it's this tiny ship flying very quickly. Um, and before you even get to the title sequence, it's just an amazing set of scenes that is just that's so good. The, that's the second thing I have written down is that. Uh, the title sequence doesn't come for a couple of minutes. It almost I, feels I think it's like eight minutes, eight minutes in it, it comes. For, the, for those people who, uh, who might be video gamers, you get, you get those video games that oh yeah you have to like play the tutorial first <laughs> and then you get the title and then you get the title scene of the movie. And um, you don't like, even though you know what you're watching because you've chosen to watch it, you don't see the rogue one logo come up until Right um, after the whole movie is set up, so basically, the way I look at it is that instead of having that crawl, that that iconic Star Wars crawl that we have, yeah. we have what could only be referred to, and I'm going to use a TV term here, is a cold open. Yeah, cold opening. Yeah, for sure. They just, they just, you're in, you're in it, and you know everything, or you know at least what's going on. You have the villain, you have the hero. Um, and then and then they set and, us and, on our way. But even if you don't know this story, Rogue One, which is by the way, if, if people don't know what it is, like it is a it is a, a single line dropped into a new hope um about this group. And it, it is one of those things, kind of like Boba Fett later, um, where people just kind of became obsessed with this idea of like, what is this Rogue One? And so they made a whole movie about it later. Um, but even before that title sequence, you really don't know what's going on. You have the the introduction of the villain. You have the introduction of the main hero. Um and really the only the only line that you have that really gives you what's going on is the work has stalled. You need to come with us. And that's all you know. Um so if you if you're not a Star Wars fan, you don't know about this, you you're like, "Oh wow, what what is happening right now? This is Yeah. This is different." Unlike the previous movies where the, with the crawl, which you could walk into any Star Wars movie and know the first, you know, the, the previous storyline in the first 30 seconds, because that crawl helps you out, get acquainted with what's happening in the universe. Um, right. But this movie does not, which I think sets it apart. Yeah. And I think um, the other thing is, uh, you know, if we spoil this movie for anybody listening to this podcast, it's your fault. This movie's been yeah. out for a long time. Um, there, there's a there's a scene in the in the beginning in the in the I'm going to call it the cold open for the rest of this podcast, but where the mom is telling um, little child Jin Erso to trust the force. Yeah. Um, and one thing I noticed today, or uh, when when we watched it for the first time, is that it looks like the mom is dressed in some sort of. She looks. She's got the robe. Yeah. Um, and the belt. And she looks like she's dressed like a Jedi. Yeah. Um, which I've never noticed before. Sure. Yeah. But so is so is the the dad, you know, and so is Jed. Like, I think everyone's kind of just dressed like that. But no, I do get the symbolism associated with the mom specifically saying yeah. trust the force and, and being dressed like that and then leaving her like and going to try to help because she's she has to help. We're not yeah. saying that she's a Jedi. Uh, or I'm not anyway. Um, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But but it is a cool um and that, that actually leads to one of my favorite lines from the movie. Um because her dad, who's kind of one of the main characters, says my wife died. And you know, the main character, I'm sorry, the main villain whose name is Director Critic says, you know, my condolences. 
And then all of a sudden she pops out of the weeds with a gun. And he, he says, I think I quote here. Oh, look, here's Lena back from the dead. It's a miracle. <laughs> oh. My condolences. Search the house. <laughs> What is it you want? The work has stalled. I need you to come back. I won't do it, Critic. We were on the verge of greatness. We were this close to providing peace and security for the galaxy. You're confusing peace with terror. Well, we have to start somewhere. I'd be of no help, Critic. My mind just isn't what it was. I have trouble remembering. Even simple things. Galen. You're an inspired scientist, but you're a terrible liar. Now, I admire the effort. I really do. Oh, look, here's Lyra back from the dead. It's a miracle. And like it, it, so we'll talk about this later. But I, I, I honestly, the villain here is fantastic. I think uh, he's Krennic is so yeah. good. Um, I mean, you hate, this. I hate him in this movie pretty much immediately. Right, right, yeah. But that's that's what makes him so good. Like, he's, oh no, yeah, he's that's great. He's not the iconic Star Wars villain like the Emperor or Darth Vader, but he is a brand new villain and that's the other thing that i really like about this movie compared to the other ones you're introduced to a whole new casting crew um there is very few overlap between previous movies and this one like it is it's a lot of new which is cool um cassian later k2 i mean everyone is is new we talk about one person who's not new and i had to do some research on this is mon mothma yeah, Mon Mothma. Yeah, she uh, is played by two different actresses oh, okay. uh, throughout okay. the Star Wars throughout the Star Wars um, span of movies, and she's just always around. Yeah, kind of in the background. Yeah, uh, she's in Revenge. She's in Revenge of the Sith. She's in Rogue One. She's in. She's in A New Hope. She's in the last, and she's in Return of the Jedi. Uh, this time, she's played by Genevieve O'Reilly. Looks like yes. yes yeah. She's in- yeah, and then again another one, Jimmy Smits as Bail Organa. It makes another um, appearance here. We've got, of course, Darth Vader does make a little cameo sure. um, halfway through the movie and then at the end. Um, but besides that, oh, and then you've got you've got CGI Governor Tarkin. And CGI Leia. And CGI yeah. Leia, yeah, yeah. But besides that, I mean, everyone else is brand new, and it's, it's so good. It, it really opens up this movie. The, the other thing I noticed um, is that in the, in the original trilogies, and I don't want to keep going back to them too much because this is a one-off, but even in, in, the, in the, the series that Disney, Disney Plus have released in the, since this movie, the Empire, the, the darkness and like just the evilness of the Empire really comes out. And it, this is sort of the movie that sort of... Oh, yeah sets the tone of like just how bad it is yeah because like, mm-hmm. when you're in return of the jedi and when you're in empire and a new hope it's all about beating the empire it's not yeah. really about living yeah. under imperial rule and you really get like just the the sort of direness of yeah. life under the empire yeah there's another there's another line between saw Gerrera and jen uh, which I thought was another great line when he she, he's trying to convince her to join the rebellion, and he says, uh, "You can stand to you can stand to see the imperial flag reign over the galaxy," and she says, "It's not a problem if you don't look up." So it just right. it's like for a lot of people in the galaxy, it's not it's not really a it's not a problem because they're not trying to make trouble; they're just trying to live their daily lives. Yep. But we then get these images of, you know, the Empire building this massive start, like this 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 station. They're blowing up cities in the blink of an eye. Um, 
they're executing people without any cause. So yeah, it's that dichotomy between people who are living their daily lives and then those who are are trying to just, you know, fight back. Yeah. It's uh it's really it's a good it's a good sort of uh analogy to just life. Yeah, life, yeah. In any, yeah. you know, country or like just like yeah, just like, you know, yeah. if you don't pay attention, it's not bothering me. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. But what's interesting to me is for Jen is that like she knows like what the empire has done to her family and she's just straight up lying to herself. Yeah. Denial in complete yeah. denial. Yeah. Yeah. She, she doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. Yeah. Which reminds but, me a lot of actually which reminds me a lot of Han Solo in a way, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess spoiler, I mean, again, for those who have not seen this, it's a huge spoiler, but like, do you want to walk people through just the general idea about what, what happens in this movie? I mean, what is it about and stuff like that? Or do we just move on to, favorite scenes and no i think we could i just real briefly so you know we can probably do walkthroughs on different movies in the future but for this one um for this one we uh the one thing i noticed and again it's something i didn't pick up on before was that um the kyber crystals which yeah uh if you're if you know if you're really into star wars stuff you know that that's the power of the lightsaber yeah, and that's where lightsabers get their power. It's also where the Death Star gets its power, which yeah. is um, an interesting uh, sort of uh, caveat to, you know, Star Wars is the ultimate. Everything can be used for good. Everything can be used for bad. Little, right. Yeah. And even the Kyber crystals now that we learn in this movie are used to create the Death Star. Um, before we get to favorite scenes and stuff, do you, what, what do you have? Well, I just I thought it was interesting. I don't I. I'm a pretty hardcore Star Wars fan, honestly. I've watched cartoons. I did not know that. I that is like something that they either made up for this movie, or I'm just completely oblivious that the Kyber crystals were for the Death Star. Also, um, I, am I crazy to think that? No, I think this is something that they didn't. If we, we can go into on what could the movie have done better. Yeah, is Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker's. Um, influence on the death star and knowing yeah. the power of a lightsaber that's true and maybe knowing knowing how to use it for how to get from there like, yeah from ultimate destruction yeah. <clears throat> yeah 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 i don't think it's mentioned anywhere i i okay. i'm with you i haven't i don't think it's mentioned anywhere else until we get to this movie and if you don't even pay attention fully to this movie you're, you're going to miss the fact that yeah but at the same time the death star is a very large lightsaber yeah <laughs> But at the same time, you don't need to. Do you need to know that information to watch this movie? Not necessarily. You don't. No, but it's right. it's very it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. For for hardcore just, nerds like me, it's super interesting. But you could watch this movie and completely miss that scene, and it'd yeah. be fine. Yeah. It'd be and fine. Just knowing that, like, it also gives Darth Vader. Like, you know what? I guess I mean, Star Wars fans are. There's a lot of people who love Darth Vader as a character. It gives him a little depth, like, yeah. and a little bit of. Um, like uh, intellectual um, ownership of yeah, how horrible the empire is. <laughs> yeah, you want to go to favorite scenes? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, favorite scene number one for me is early on, but <laughs> the first time we see Yavin four. Oh it yeah, just brings it just brought me back to like the eighties and like the whole idea of the rebellion and the bases and the hidden bases and. Um, if you feel disconnected from Star Wars at the beginning of the movie, it doesn't take very long. When they're landing on Yavin 4 and Mon Mothma is there, and it's just that is such a great scene. I remember just watching it yesterday. I was just, I mean, I almost got up out of my seat. I was like, yes, I forgot. Yavin 4 yeah. is in this movie. Yeah. 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 Yavin 4. Yeah. I got to say, my opening key scene, it's got to be that, that whole scene at the beginning before the crawl. I know we talked about that in, in detail. But I'm going to start with that. No crawl, spaceships flying in. You're introduced to the villain first. Um, I'm sorry, you're not it, within the first five minutes. You're introduced to the villain, um, to two of, or I'm sorry, three of the main characters, um, and the whole. I mean, by simply they're not being a crawl, you're you're just you're attached. You're into this movie immediately uh, because yeah. of that. Um, 
yeah and then moving on um we get the crawl then you get into who is this jen urso person you know who is this person it's a little bit of her backstory and when she gets rescued um from the prison planet you meet a new main character whose name is k2 it's the kind of the in these star wars movies you oftentimes are now the having comic, like a, a the, the comic, comic relief, relief. Is, is yep. a droid often yep. you know you in previous movies you have r2d2 and c3po well in this movie you have you have k2 uh, and k2 is a reprogrammed imperial droid who's got a sense of humor um and he he choke slams jen or so and says you are being rescued please stop resisting um you're so lucky oh my gosh it is it is hilarious every time i see that scene and she's just in pain and agony and he's just like you're being rescued please stop resisting um so that's yep. my number two uh key scene there i'm sorry i cut you off but go ahead no you're good it's uh i think he also says um we can play the clip but i think he also says consider yourself lucky um yeah right, right after he slams her to the ground and she can't breathe yeah she right. has no idea yeah. what's going on and you got yeah. that guy in the you got that guy in the ship he's like can you please just take me with you and he's completely ignored yeah completely <laughs> it's completely ignored, ignored. right <laughs> right left what now i don't know must be another pickup i thought we had everybody Hey, Mr. Honey! Leanna Honey! Alright. You wanna get out of here? Hey! Move at me! Congratulations. You are being rescued. Please do not resist. And so Jen Erso's rescued, right? She is joins the the rebellion, um, or I'm sorry, she's asked to join the rebellion because it turns out her dad was like the main scientist on the Death Star. Let's that's as best we can say about it. Um, and so she's trying; they're trying to convince her to to join them and to contact him, to get in contact with him, so that they can maybe figure out a weakness to this new weapon. Um, and then they kind of travel to the place where they think he's at, um, which is called, um, what's that called? Where's the, the plant, um, the temple. Oh yeah. Um, Coruscant. No, not Coruscant. No, no. Um, well, they, they travel to this, this new planet. And that's the other thing I really like about this movie is that you get to see a lot of new planets, you can see a lot of new places. Um, that... Planets that, planets that, if you're a really, really big Star Wars fan, you know of these. But yeah, but like, like Ring of Kafrine, I, I no, never no. heard of that until no. this movie. No, uh, Jetta. Jetta is the name of the. Planet. Oh yeah, Jetta. Jetta yeah. City. Um, so you then get to Jetta City, where they're trying to find this rebel group and try to get in contact with them. And that brings me to my next favorite scene, which is the the fight scene between the uh, blind monk um, and whose name is Churit uh, versus a group of stormtroopers. And what we learn here is that there are Jedi who are, you know, they have the force, they have lightsabers, but there's also other people who are force sensitive, who are aware of the force and use the force but are not trained. And Chariot is one of those. He's a guardian in the temple. And you can just, I mean, he just goes to town on these stormtroopers yeah, as a blind guy with a stick, right? And it, yep. is, it is a cool scene. Um, the other thing I really like, and I think I like this about the whole movie, is that in this scene, they do something different with the stormtroopers. And I, you might know what I'm talking about. They do something different with stormtroopers here than they've never done before. Do you know what I'm talking about? I guess I missed it. They stormtroopers groan. They like groan. They're in pain. They get shot and they scream. In no previous Star Wars movie do stormtroopers like react 
So when this guy's beating him upside the head with a stick, they're like groaning in agony there. You can hear them respond. Um, hmm. And that's throughout the entire movie. Stormtroopers have personalities. They are people. Um, and if you go back and watch it, they, they, every time he hits them, they, they, they get knocked out. They, they groan, that kind of stuff. And that's really cool to me. Um, so I, I'd say early on in the movie, presumably, Presumably, they'd still be clones, though. I mean, we are before well, we're, the... we're seventeen years after after the fall of the Republic. Yeah. So I don't think so. I, I think that this is post. This is this is after the clone the clone era. Yeah. Well, then that would be something I want to talk about later. We can just talk about right now. It would be a plot hole. Yeah. Is that uh, if you think about a New Hope when um when uh, Han and Luke are dressed as stormtroopers and they get into Leia's cell and she's like, aren't you little tall to be a stormtrooper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're all the same size because they're clones. So I, that's interesting. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Maybe a little yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, there's a couple other K2 scenes in here. He slaps the main protagonist. whose name is Cassian um, or I'm sorry, Cassian. And um, says, there's a fresh one for you there if you mouth off again. <laughs> um, again, he's just trying to convince these stormtroopers that he's part of their team. Um, it's really good. It's really good. Oh, stop right there. Where are you taking these prisoners? These are prisoners. Yes, where are you taking them? I am taking them to imprison them in prison he's taking us to quiet and there's a fresh one if you mouth off again we'll take them from here that's okay if you could just point me in the right direction i can take them i'm sure i've taken them this hey, far take them away wait you can't take them away you stay here we need to check your diagnostics diagnostics i'm capable of running my own diagnostics thank you very much that i mean that pretty much gets us through the first half of the movie um yeah but it's pretty cool um I think the next favorite scene for me is is shortly after this. Um, you see the Death Star activated for the first time. Yeah. Um, and this is when you're talking about like the true evil of the Empire. I think this is a great scene to show because they see it as a science experiment to use this Death Star in a city instead of like, okay, we're about to kill thousands of people. Um, right. And as they shoot the Death Star at this Jetta city to blow it up, and annihilate everyone. Um, <laughs> Director Krennic is quoted as saying, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. And that right there tells you everything you need to know about Director Krennic, about the Empire. And then you have this awesome like escape scene where Cassian and Jen Erso are trying to escape the blast of the, of the, the exploding uh, city, which I just thought was amazing CGI and a cool idea. And, you know, for hardcore Star Wars fans, like when the Death Star shoots at something, it blows up into a series of sparks and then that's it. But right. this shows, I think this really shows in a new way what the Death Star does to on ground. Yeah, the on, on ground, ground devastation yeah, to people yeah. there. So, yeah, I'm going to stop there with my favorite scenes until we get to the very end. What about you? Um, well, you took one of mine, the, uh, okay. the fight in the town square. Yeah, um, with the with the force sensitive uh, people and just the the I'm always touched and it sounds so stupid, but I'm always like kind of moved by like the sacrifice of the people who hate the empire and just like yeah. I will give up my entire life if this could just end. Yeah. Um, so so that that scene um, that scene is just awesome. Let them pass in peace. The Force is with me, and I am with the Force. And I fear nothing for all this, as the Force wills it. Hey, stop right there. He's blind. Is he deaf? I said stop right there. Right. 
welcome. The scene where uh, K2 sacrifices himself yeah. um, is, is amazing. Um, and then I think seeing the Death Star in the sky yeah. from the ground mm. uh, is not something that we saw in the, uh, in the originals. Yeah. It and, blocks uh, out the sun. It blocks when it, you're looking at Jeddah from Jeddah City. It blocks out the sun. I mean, it's yeah. It's and it's it's and it's not. I maybe it's not something they were thought they had to do. But if you think about like blowing up a planet, like that thing would have been visible. I mean, that thing is yeah, oh, closer yeah. than our moon. So like yeah. to actually see it in the sky is um was something that was like just far out for me. I just this is really cool. Because from all the Star Wars movies we've seen before, we're always looking at the Death Star from the Death Star's perspective. Correct. Instead of from the planet's perspective, which yeah, is... Yeah, or from space. I yeah. Mean, which is just... Not, uh, never, like, from the ground. So it's another, like you said, the destruction from the ground, seeing the Death Star from the ground, um, and actually being visible in the atmosphere is... Yeah. That is pretty pretty wicked. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um is there any like favorite lines that you got out of like, is there one line that really sticks out of you is like, I love, I, I, I get so caught up in like little comic moments with K2. Yeah, I and... think that all the comic, like everything K2 says is pretty much gold. Um, yeah. I actually had him, I had him written down in my notes as the best comic relief okay. in any star Wars uh, film. Yeah. Um, we can talk we have a whole new podcast on ewoks but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he's the best i think he's the most he's the most intelligent and uh best written yeah. comic relief in, in the star wars uh realm um and then just the it's so cliche but and i don't want to bring in the other movies but leia getting the death star plans at the end of the movie um and saying what is that and she's like hope and then the yeah. movie ends and you're just like holy cow like that is yeah. just uh just you know i kind of get goosebumps when i talk about it still but it's just such a great scene and we go back and forth on whether or not they should have cgi'd her or not but i mean once you see it and if you just get outside the fact that it's cgi i think it's pretty brilliant and that ties into a couple other instances throughout this movie where they talk about hope um mon mothra earlier uh, mentions hope uh for the rebellion and then famously right before the the kind of the final mission um jen urso says rebellions are built on hope and then yep. you have that connected back to leia at the very end when she says um you know uh, hope hope again so uh, again yep. and that leads directly to the next title sequence right which is a new hope right yeah, it's um, and really, the the beginning of a new hope ends right at the yeah. end of. Yeah. I mean, they twenty hindsight is twenty twenty. So being able to make the movie that oh yeah yeah being able to make the movie after the beginning of a new hope, but the same chasing is happening and everything else. Right, um, it's great. So let's just uh, we'll wrap up here just yeah. talking about what we think is the best. Um, the best uh, scene in the movie, which yeah. is um, right that Darth Vader scene. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the end scene. So for those who again are struggling here, there's a big battle over this planet where they steal the Death Star plans. They get the Death Star plans up to this ship, and then all of a sudden Darth Vader shows up. He's here to just either destroy the plans or get the plans back. He invades the ship. And you start to kind of get this feeling that like you've seen this before because Darth Vader just, he appears while well, the, the room goes dark. And then all you see is the red lightsaber and you're like, Oh crap. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and the rebel soldiers are, they physically have the plans in their hand and they're trying to escape from Darth Vader. Um, and he just tears them apart. Um, yeah. And Jeremy, tell us how that like leaks into the next movie. So, uh yeah so he's he's chasing down these guys it's literally like the longest handoff yeah. in the history of handoffs like <laughs> if you think about like handing off a football to 12 yeah. different people um 
he it ends i guess it ends with him standing on this broken away the ship yeah um, the Cor- the corvette that leia is on breaking away from um the star destroyer ship and vader looking out wondering when he's going to get him yeah and the crazy thing is is that after that scene is over and the corvette jumps into hyperspace they've got that ship they got a tracer on it yeah so literally five minutes later they're back in yeah the clutches of that star destroyer it just it took 27 years for yeah. us to find that out but um <laughs> yeah if you if you were to, if you were to link the movies together it's there's it's a, not there's very a, long before yeah, they're yeah there's a five minute gap in between rogue one and a new hope which is again yeah. for star wars fans you're like oh my god that is it's so perfectly aligned yep um so who i mean who sticks out for you as like standout character standout acting role standout who who jumps out of you as like the best the best actor or actress in this movie um i i really like forrest whitaker i, mean, oh, okay. I just think like just to, just his body i mean what his body has gone through i mean kind of reminds me yeah. of like a a good um um now i'm blanking on his name from attack of the clones the, the grievous you like oh yeah like right like he's more like you know the whole star wars he's more man than machine or more machine than man but um just all that he sacrificed for for the cause um really stood out to me and then um krennic really just don't like that guy i mean that guy is just orson krennic he really really good villain yeah for those of you don't know orson krennic is ben mendelson um I mean, he's done a lot. He's in the Dark Knight Rises. He's Ready Player One. Um, I mean, he he does a lot of villains, uh, and he's really, really good. Yeah, he's at British, it. so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sticking with your your uh, <laughs> your Irish and and Scottish theme there. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, final thoughts. What? So why why do you think? Why do you think Star Wars fans should reevaluate this movie? Why do you think anybody should reevaluate this movie and say it should be top three, if not the best? So I'm glad we're doing this now with Kenobi coming out. I'm not going to say anything about the show. It's first three episodes are fantastic. Um, It shows you the dark, like I said earlier, it shows you the just atrocities of the Empire. Um, Everybody dies, uh, which is not a a Star Wars, uh, you know, doesn't happen um very often and they all die for one cause um not their own selfish causes but they all die for one cause and i think it's just it gives you the taste of the of the empire and how bad it is and it gives you the absolute desperation of the rebellion and what was going on at the time yeah yeah i i I agree it's it is a dark movie but it really sets up it it sets up the the original trilogy. I mean, it, it shows you how bad the the empire is. It shows you how how um how how much the the rebellion is struggling. They are they are not doing as well as we think they are. Um, I think the characters are great. I think the fact that there are they are new characters, fantastic. I like that they broke away from a lot of Star Wars traditions, but brought in people to be like, hey, remember this is a Star Wars movie, um, right like this is the only time we'll ever see Jen or so, you know, but then she's ever. gone. And, and, but I think right. she did a fantastic job, you know, like yeah. director Krennic, um, never see him ever again, but you know, he is a true villain in the star Wars universe. Um, so I, I personally think best star Wars movie of any of them, but if you don't think it's number three, go back, watch it again. Listen to this podcast, of course, watch it again. Tell us if we're wrong. Like, you know what? Like, it's it's fine. Um, but just know yeah, you're we'd wrong. We'd like to hear from you. Know you. Saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, moving we will forward. Be telling you, we, yeah. You are wrong. That's be the, right, yeah. be the name of the podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. You are. Why you are wrong. Why you, uh, why you are wrong. Okay. So, moving forward, we're it's a little bit. We're going to do this every once in a while where we kind of like pick a movie we both like. But in general, this 
the basic idea is that Jeremy and I don't like the same movies, right? So Jeremy, what are we going to be doing moving forward with this podcast? So uh, you're on deck and I believe, um, unless you've changed things, the next yeah. movie is going to be Baby Driver. That's right. So my one of my top five movies is Baby Driver. You've never seen it. Correct. So I want you to watch that movie and I want to get what your thoughts are. And I'm going to, uh, I want you to grade it. I want you to rate it. And I want to, I want to talk to you about baby driver. Now, when you hear that title, having not seen the movie, what's your first thoughts? Um, that there's a baby that is like super <laughs> smart and okay. has figured out how to drive a car like Dookie Hauser MD, but like, so Just comedy a, like of a, some kind like an infant driving a car so like boss baby with a car yes yeah <laughs> okay all right that's exact and i haven't even okay. seen the trailer yet i'm gonna watch the trailer here in a minute and then i'm yeah okay yep. all right so our next episode will be over baby driver jeremy will give us uh his his first thoughts when we start the episode and we'll go from there uh jeremy any final thoughts uh, nope. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys, I uh, hope you listeners uh, continue listening. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Yeah, tell anybody. About this podcast. This is In Flight Movie Podcast for Brandon Lewis. I'm Jeremy Remiger. We'll see you next time when we discuss Baby Driver. Thank you for listening to the In Flight Movie Podcast. We know you have approximately 4 million movie podcasts to choose from, and we appreciate you trusting your time with us here. You can follow us on Twitter at InFlightPod and Instagram at InFlightMoviePod for updates on upcoming shows and even DM us suggestions for movies you would like reviewed. Thanks again for joining us.